Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Televised Podcast. My name is Anna, and today we're going to be talking about the Supergirl Season 5, Episode 1 season premiere called Event Horizon. It was great. I'm kind of broken right now, but I think that's okay. Um, I, I don't even know where to start with this episode, honestly. I mean, I think how I'm going to try to structure these, because I've never done a recap before of a full episode. Obviously, this is my first one. Um, I think I'm going to try to like hit the main like key points of the episode, stuff that I think worked, stuff that I think maybe didn't work, you know, stuff like that. Um, talk about characters and like kind of use them as like a launching off point instead of like going in chronological order. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I, it's going to be kind of a recap, but more kind of like a review slash like, you know, most important things like a too long didn't watch, but not really, because I would absolutely recommend watching this episode if you have not. Um, and I'm going to go over some theories that I have in regards to this season, just to the episode, you know, what was going on, you know, and just to talk about stuff like that. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, but before we get into it really quick, I do want to say a quick little review of Batwoman. I kind of want to add this into our weekly episodes, just a little bitty segment about Batwoman. Obviously, uh, feel free to just like skip ahead if you don't like Batwoman, but... I really enjoyed the first episode. I thought it was really good. I thought it was a really strong pilot, although it did remind me a lot of Arrow, um, you know, which was I was a little bit worried about because, you know, this is the show that's meant to, like, replace Arrow, kind of, in the Arrowverse, so I was a little scared that it would, like, fall, you know, fall into Arrow's uh, cycle, I guess, of, of you know, uh, patterns and... and you know, seeing Kate with that guy and he's like training her, it really made me think of Arrow and some of the flashbacks feel a bit Arrow, but I think uh, it was a very solid first episode in my opinion. I, I really enjoyed it, especially the twist at the end. Like if you, if you haven't seen the episode, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Go watch it. Honestly, I would 100% recommend it. Ruby Rose is good at acting. Well, she's okay at acting. She, she's a CW level actor and that is all she needs to be. Um, and I think Kate has done really well. Sophie's done really well. Um, I'm a little worried about some potential cheating. Oh no, <laughs> but I think it'll be okay. Um, but I love Alice. Honestly, if you if you are against Batwoman, if you're against Ruby Rose, whatever, watch Batwoman just for Alice. Like, seriously, she... It's only been one episode, and I think she's already my favorite Arrowverse villain. I love her. She is so good. And this twist at the end revealed um, something about her that I find very intriguing. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see where her storyline goes and and how Kate deals with her um because if you did not know she is the villain of of the uh the show played by Rachel Skarsten I think is how you say her name she played um uh in one of the later seasons of Rain um uh the CW show about Mary Queen of Scots she played I don't even know who she played on that show but she was on that show and she's incredible in this in this Batwoman she's amazing she's plays Alice so if you have not checked out Batwoman I totally would um I'm not gonna dedicate you know like I said I'm not gonna dedicate like a whole lot of time to this but every week I just kind of want to give a little shout out to Batwoman just kind of 
you know, say what what I thought about the episode. I thought it was really good. thought it was really strong. You know, just the huge. Um, so for Supergirl, we had season five premiere episode, episode one called Event Horizon. And I'm going to kind of start small, but not really small, but just like with kind of stuff that I, I don't have a whole lot to talk about because it wasn't like the prominent focus of the episode. And then I'm going to get into like the real nitty gritty of it all, which honestly has everything to do with Kara and Lena because that, that was who this episode was about, really, you know. But first of all, I want to get into Andrea Rojas. I'm not going to try and say it like she said it. She said her name very beautifully in the show uh, last night, but <laughs> I'm not going to try. Melissa tried. She really did, but it it was fine. <laughs> so Andrea Rojas, I think that this new policy that she introduced was very interesting. She is basically saying like, we're going to do tweet journalism. She's like, instead of writing an article, you're going to write a Twitter thread, you know, like it's all about clicks. It's all about how much, how much of an audience we're getting, how much audience engagement we're getting on these posts that we're posting. I think it's really interesting because it is like a question and and a thing that like media companies are facing now. Like, should we be honest with our titles of like our our articles or should we make them clickbaity? I mean, everything is clickbait today, you know, and I'm not trying to sound like, you know, everything is evil and social media is evil or whatever, because it's not. I, I love social media like it's my favorite thing. But it does have a downside when it comes to journalism and people just reading a headline or just reading a tweet about it, you know. And Andrea is fully capitalizing on that, whereas Kara and James and Nia are like, well, what the hell? Uh, Kara just won, you know, a, a Pulitzer for a Pulitzer? You know what I mean. Last night, Lena said Pulitzer. <laughs> a Pulitzer Prize for her article on Lex and Andrea was like well that makes people click away because they think it's boring and it's homework and it's school and it's too heavy and it's too much and all this stuff and I mean I kind of understand because that's again like the struggle that these media companies are facing we have so much media now but at the same time like you know we we're kind of torn about who to believe, who to trust, who's just baiting, who's just, you know, using this for clicks, you know, all this stuff. It's a decent question, and I, I think it's really cool that they're going to explore that. I'm very intrigued about this storyline, um, especially when it comes to William Day, who is the new reporter coming into CatCo. Andrea Rojas brings him in from the Times of London. I had some trouble with his accent last night, but I think I got it. He just talked real fast, but that's fine. Um, he is kind of an asshole. He really is. He, he's really an asshole. And um, he basically his story is that he wrote for the Times of London. He wrote these like hard hitting pieces and, and this in like very, very, very uh, integral journalism that he did with lots of, you know, integrity and um, honesty and, and duality, you know, with both sides of the story kind of thing. And Kara was like, you know, I really admired your work at the Times. And he's like, thank you, but that's what they wanted. And he's like, well, here, you know, Andrea wants tweets, clickbait, you know, all of this stuff. And that's what she's going to get. Like, he rewrote, Andrea had him rewrite Kara's article and t just he just took out one whole perspective. Like, 
Carr is like, you can't do that. You can't. That's bias reporting. And he's like, every reporting has inherent bias. And I just think this guy's an asshole. <laughs> I just, I, oh man, he's too much. And I, but I'm really excited for Kara and him to butt heads because of what happened after. Just immediately while they were having this conversation, Kara was like, you know what? No, I am not going to bend to your will, even though you say that you'll blackball me if I quit. So I'm not going to quit, but I'm going to stay here and I'm going to do journalism. Sure, I may like shorten my articles or whatever, but I'm going to be honest. I'm going to have integrity. I'm not sacrificing my morals for you. And that was so good. That was such a great moment for Kara in this episode because I think it really shows some growth for her uh, from season two to now because Thinking back on season two, it was Kara when she, you know, Kara was, she wasn't meek by any means, but she wasn't as quick to be aggressive or stand up for herself, especially in situations with Monel. And I think that William Day reminds me of Monel, but Kara, you know, reacts to him in a completely different way. She's like, no, F you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I believe in and what I find good journalism to be. I'm not going to let you rewrite my articles. I'm not going to let you silence my voice. And I thought that was such a good moment. Like, that was such a growth moment for Kara that I think, you know, and that's all we can ask for when, you know, when we're watching a show for seasons and seasons on end is is that we see growth uh, within these characters. And for Kara to be able to grow the way that she has and for us to have like kind of a direct comparison between Monel and William Day. It was it's really cool that she is going to be able to like stand on her own against him, which is awesome. So another thing related to Andrea Rojas that I just kind of briefly mentioned is that she said that oh, by the way, if you want to quit, I just made new 3-year contracts for everybody. Surprise, if you want to quit, then I'm going to blackball you from the rest of the industry. Good luck. And so Kara, you know, was basically like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay because I believe in journalism. I believe in CatCo and I believe in what I'm doing here. Uh, but at the end of the episode, we find out that James decides to leave, um, which obviously is going to tie into Makad's departure on the show. Um, but I'm very intrigued to see what James Olsen ends up doing now. Will he lean more into Guardian? But like Guardian doesn't pay the bills. So, you know, what is he going to do? So I'm, I'm just very intrigued about what he could possibly um, end up doing to lead him out, you know, to the end of this season. I would assume that he would be going to Metro- going back to like Metropolis or whatever, like when he departs. I don't know, though. So, you know, I I wonder now, what is he going to do? What is what is James going to do, especially since, you know, Makad is leaving the show. So, like, what what could he possibly be doing uh, to lead him away from National City and to lead him um, out of the show? So then we find out some stuff about Jean. Um, one little like tidbit that wasn't really even that important, but it was just very sweet to me. Found out that he's a community leader. He like when um, Alex, Kelly, Kara, and Jean were all like having lunch. He was like, "Well, I gotta go. I gotta." I don't even remember what he said. He had to like go teach these kids something. I don't even remember. It was some kind of community activity, though. It was very sweet. I'm like, oh, 
that's what he needs to be like he's a space dad and he's gonna be a space dad to all of these other kids and i i love that so that was just like a little little tidbit that i thought was really adorable about jean um but the main storyline with jean this episode was about his brother um which is insane and one thing that i noticed about his brother is that his eyes are green and his like shape-shifting power is also green when Jean shapeshifts, his is red. His power is red. It, it manifests, you know, in a red way. Um, and his eyes are also red, like his, you know, his Martian eyes. Um, I thought that was very interesting because obviously we know that the monitor is the one who brought Jean's brother either just to Earth or to that, this Earth, to Earth 38. I have a feeling that he's from another Earth, and when they collide at Jean's PI um, office, I think that, so they collided, and then they kind of, like, split apart, like, like, they kind of negative, they, like, uh, uh, canceled each other out in a weird way. I think that that has to do with them being from different Earths, like, or, or something, or different timelines, or whatever, Somehow the monitor, you know, brought this guy and Jean was like, dude, I don't have a brother. You know, my dad, he was like, your dad and you are the same, like, you know, whatever. And he's like, my dad is dead. Like, I don't have a brother. I've never had a brother. And I thought that was really interesting. I thought it was a really cool storyline to, you know, kick off this Jean's brother storyline with because, you know, I think maybe we all kind of assumed that Jean knew about his brother or like at least thought he had a brother and maybe he just died in the with his family on Mars you know but to find out that he's like I don't have a brother I have no idea what's going on I don't know who you are I think that's really intriguing um so that's very interesting to me I'm, I'm really excited to see how that plays out um you know like I said I think he's definitely from a different earth or a different timeline like that's why he doesn't know um you know kind of like how how there's many, uh, you know, every season of The Flash, we get a new Wells, Dr. Wells. I think it's kind of like that, where, you know, he's from a different Earth, so Jean from that Earth has a brother, but not Jean from Earth 38, you know what I mean? So I'm, in, I'm excited, though, to see, because it looked like in the trailer for next week that a lot of the episode is to do with Jean and his brother, um, kind of like we guessed before. And then... Nia and Brainy. Uh, they're so cute. They're so cute. They're so adorable. I love them so much. They're everything I could have ever wanted, ever. They're so, they're just so cute. Um, so they, there's this thread throughout the episode where they're talking and they're arguing about who is the best movie villain. Or, like, who's the meanest movie villain or whatever, you know? Who's, like, the baddest movie villain? And Nia is like, hey, it's Hannibal Lecter. The dude eats people. And But Brainy's like, no, it's Miranda Priestley from Devil Wears Prada. And Nia's like, but Hannibal, like, eats people? Miranda Priestley was just, like, a mean boss lady? <laughs> and so she can't seem to understand why Brainy is saying, like, this character is you know, evil and, and, you know, is not like a good person in any way. Um, or 
I, she understands that, but why is she worse than Hannibal Lecter? Like, that's what she's, like, struggling to understand, and Brainy's like, well, I guess there's this, like, earth tradition where, you know, the boyfriend is not right, ever. The girlfriend is always right, and he's like, I don't know if I agree with that, but you know what? We're going with it. <laughs> and, um, so they have a lot of cute moments in this episode. Um, Brainy also is the one to design Kara's new suit, um, and we find out, because, you know, I was speculating either last episode or the episode before, I can't remember, maybe both, um, I was speculating last episode that, you know, how does Kara's new suit materialize? Like, how, how, what does she use to, like, activate the materialization of her suit? And I had speculated, like, a ring, like, the flash ring, or, like, a bracelet, or, like, necklace or some kind, but we find out that Brainy makes this little chip and she just sticks it right on her glasses and I guess it's like motion activated so when she goes for the glasses like to take them off it activates her suit which was awesome that was such a sick moment it was amazing um and Brainy's just amazing and I love that he was so considerate about Kara and about her cape even when she really wasn't she was like I was just kept veering off to the right and he's like well yeah, see, I was totally right that the, you know, that this cape issue is even worse than planets being destroyed. I was right. <laughs> I thought that was such a great scene. Um, and also another funny brainy moment from this episode was when Kara was like, well, I'm just gonna have to hunt midnight and Jean, you're just gonna have to accept the award as me. And Alex was like, no. And Brainy was like, yes, please do it. I love when you do that, please. And I'm like, that's us. Because <laughs> it's always a good time when Jean has to pretend to be Kara. It's always a good time. Um, and then they have this amazing, Brainy and Nia, I mean, have this amazing couple scene toward the end of the episode. And it was just so cute. It was so cute. It was so pure. It was so wholesome. It was the kind of content that I needed after that whirlwind of an episode. Um, and it was so, it was just so sweet because, you know, Brainy, Nia was like, okay, listen, we've been handshaking. We have exchanged handshakes. You know, you won't kiss me. I don't know why. I can't figure it out. You know, what is up? You don't want to like be close to me you know, we're supposed to be a couple. We've been dating for a month and, you know, you won't really go near me. <laughs> She's like, what's the deal? And Brainy is like, well, Nia, you're the first person that I've ever loved. And you know why I think Miranda Priestly is the worst movie villain? Because she is cold and she is inconsiderate of others and she is mean and she does not care if she hurts the people she loves. And that's exactly how I behaved when I was in, uh, when I was uh, on that island with you. I left you in that crate. I, you know, I, I, I left you and I, I don't know if I can trust myself again to be around you and, and I don't want to hurt you. And that was so sweet. It was such a sweet moment for him, you know, to finally be able to let out those emotions be, uh, surrounding that time um, where he was, you know, totally emotionless and totally, like, robotic. 
you know, we never really got to hear him talk about that. And I love that. I love that they let him, you know, talk about that and have those feelings and feel insecure around Nia because he loves her and he wants to treat her right. And, you know, he he doesn't think that he can do that because he's scared that he'll just hurt her again like he did before. So I love that. Everything Braina, Brainia, Brainy and Nia, everything about them this episode was incredible. I love I loved it. I loved everything about it. It was amazing. Um, and then Alex, um, she is a super court warrior that was shown when, um, that was very much shown when, uh, she decided to, you know, uh, tell Kara, hey, have you talked to Lena yet? Have you told her yet? Idiot. And Kara's like, no, I had to take the dog to the vet. And Alex is like, Kara, you don't have a dog. And I think that that line is on the same level as take the grass, Kara. It has the same energy. Uh, It was a great line, though. It was a really good scene where, you know, we saw the growth of Alex again from season two to now. Like, Alex in season two would have been like, don't you dare tell that Luther you know, that you're Supergirl. And now she's like, I respect Lena. I love Lena. She deserves to know the truth. Come on, Kara. I don't mean to nag you, but like, come on, do it. <laughs> you know, tell Lena. Don't, you know. And Kara's like, I'm just being a coward. And she's like, no, you're the bravest person I've ever known. It was very sweet. Um, and she she didn't have a whole lot to do this episode. She had some really cute, like, romantic scenes with Kelly, which were really, really adorable. Honestly, they were really just like breadcrumbs though, so I hope that, you know, further into the season we start to see more of them developing and talking and, you know, hopefully we'll get some more of that. Uh, but we did actually get some like individual development for Kelly. She It was the first day of work for her. She has this new job at Obsidian Tech who have created these uh, contacts that you put in and they're VR contacts and so you can enter like a virtual reality with them. They are what Lena uses, um, which I will get to in a second. Um, So Kelly is going to be using Obsidian Technology, who is owned by Andrea Rojas as well. So she owns Obsidian and Catco, which could be dangerous, you know, to be able to run kind of a false narrative or to block Kara from running any stories negatively about Obsidian. So that's, you know, that's very dangerous uh, kind of a situation that they have there. Because I feel like probably later in the season, not even that far into the season, but, you know, kind of within the first five episodes, I'm sure that Kara is going to be like, this is dangerous because she already reacted very negatively um, in this first episode to the VR technology. I feel like she's really going to... Um, you know, uh, uh, kind of try to attack Obsidian Tech, and Andrea's going to be like, no, it's not happening. You're not going to run this story. I'm not going to run this story. And I, it'll be really interesting to see that. But back to Kelly. Um, so she's got this new job, and she is trying to help PTSD patients and patients with dementia through this VR program. So she's going to try to get them through their trauma as well as ma- probably, you know, try and make them uh, remember, get their memories back from the dementia. 
Um, and James at one point goes to talk to Kelly and he's like, yeah, I just don't know what I'm going to do about this Andrea Rojas thing. I don't know if I can sacrifice my morals for this company. And she's like, well, you know what? Whatever you guys decide to do, you and Kara, whatever you do, I'm going to support you. But quietly. Because <laughs> she's like, I'm not trying to get fired on the first day at my new job. And I love that. I, I really respect that because that shows how much Kelly believes that this is going to make a change. You know what I mean? Like she truly believes that she is going to help these people with this technology, that she can maybe, you know, help people work through their PTSD, work through their struggles with dementia, you know, work through all of that, try and figure this out through this technology. So she's not willing to risk it for her brother or for her sister or for, excuse me, for her girlfriend's sister. Like she's not. And I really, I really admire that. I think that's really cool that she, she's not at odds with Kara the way that Maggie constantly was, but she, she definitely like has her own autonomy from James and from Kara. And I, I think that'll be really interesting. I hope it probably will kind of be a point of tension later in the season where maybe, you know, Kara is vehemently against Obsidian Tech and their VR and Kelly's like, well, you know what, like we're doing good things. Maybe before she realizes that they're not doing good things, because um, uh, there's no way that they're not, that they're doing good, <laughs> good things. Oh God, they're so evil. But yeah, so I really liked that development for Kelly. I think it made her a very well-rounded character. Um, I'm really excited to see where she goes from here. So now here we are. We're going to talk about Kara and Lena. So that opening scene, Kara, it was very classic, very, very Kara, very classic Kara um, saving the children and she says to the kids, she's like, you know, truth is always the best way. And honestly, that line sounded straight out of like a gold or silver age Supergirl comic. And I think that that's kind of funny because in her mind then, Lena is like, uh, you know, Kara is just this comic book hero, you know, this like personified version of, you know, just what I feel like what... um you know, like, what Lex thought of Superman as, or whatever, like, this, just this kind of, like, statue, um, statuesque kind of, uh, icon, an icon more than a personality, you know, because she really didn't have Kara's personality. It was watered down, it was cheesy, it was silly, you know, um, but we had that opening scene, and it was kind of, you know, it was a classic Supergirl moment, for 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 this um and it i feel like it kind of lulled the audience into a false sense of security they were like hey you've seen this before kara has saved people before you know like she she stopped buses she stopped cars she's saved kids all the time like this is normal this is what's happening and then you see lena and you're like, okay, what's Lena doing there? And even Supergirl's like, Miss Luther, what are you, you know, what are you doing here? And she's like, why the formalities? I thought we were best friends. Kara. And then she punches Kara. <laughs> she punches Kara into the bus and the bus explodes. It was literally so funny. I'm like, Lena, you're so dramatic. You're so 
dramatic. So that was obviously the outcome of the punch from the trailer, and as we all pretty much guessed, it was in VR. Lena did not do that in real life. Um, and then we find out that she has a an AI that she created, and it's called Hope. Um, and I think this is very important. This is a very important topic to talk about because Lena even said in the episode, she's like, I've created this technology to help mankind. Like, she is trying her best to help mankind with this hope uh, VR, or excuse me, AI technology. And the fact that she even named it Hope, like, she named the technology Hope, which is exactly what Kara's symbol on her chest symbolizes. Like, there is no way that she is fully permanently mad at Supergirl. There's no way. There's absolutely no way that she is fully permanently mad at her because, you know, she's still kind of, even without maybe maybe unknowingly trying to live in her example, like, like live by Supergirl's example. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's trying so hard to still, like, help people and, and be kind. She's just mad at Kara, you know? Um, and so I feel like, though, that this Hope AI is kind of uh, corrupting Lena a bit, um, because at the, uh, at the party for, uh, Kara's, uh, Pulitzer, um, Hope is like, well, Miss Luther, do you want me to publish it? Do you want me to publish it? Like, the video that Lena was intending to release that would expose Kara's identity as Supergirl, uh, which is very cruel and very mean. I don't know if I'd ever be able to forgive Lena if she had outed Kara that way. Um, but, um, I, I, because then later she's like, well, Miss Luther, why, you know, why didn't you let me publish this video? Why didn't you post it? Why didn't you post the video, Miss Luther? And Lena's like, oh, you know, whatever. But I feel like the, you know, this AI is going to try and steer Lena into some bad directions. Um, and, you know, hopefully, I think, because again, like I had mentioned it before, that either being controlled by this AI or being controlled by, um, by these contacts, either way, I think that that's the writer's excuse to, like, let Lena be you know, quote-unquote evil without it actually being Lena's control. And then that would make sense for Kara to be able to fight for her soul, um, you know, if it's not of Lena's own volition. You know what I mean? Because you can't change somebody who doesn't want to change. But if, if Lena is changing, not of her own autonomy, but of on the suggestion and the manipulation of this AI or the influence of these contacts, because, you know, in this episode, I thought it was very strange that Lena could just, like, switch like that, just, boom, switched, like, after that balcony scene when she, like, you know, like, looks like she's gonna cry because Kara, her friend, is, like, trusting her with this watch, like, hey, whenever you're in trouble, just call me, the super watch. When she comes in, she's like, well, I'm just playing the long game, Hope. I'm just, I'm gonna get her. <laughs> like, she, the best way to, like, betray somebody is to gain their trust. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. But it was a very quick switch, you know, and, and I, so I, I don't know, I'm very concerned about what is happening with Lena. Um, and then, uh, oh, the reveal. The reveal 
was incredible. Kara revealed herself to Lena as Supergirl. Um, she said, I can read the speech. I won't read the whole thing, but I, I, I love, um, one thing that she said that I want to talk about. Um, so she says, I'm Supergirl. I've always been Supergirl. She takes off the glasses. She's like, I know that I should have told you long ago, but I convinced myself that I was protecting you. Um, and then you were so angry with me with Supergirl, but you still loved Kara. And this is my favorite part. And she says, I just kept thinking if I could be Kara, just Kara, that I could keep you as a friend. I was selfish and scared and I didn't want to lose you. So I kept pretending and I never stopped. But every time I kept my secret, I wasn't protecting you. I was hurting you just like everyone else. And then she apologizes and she's like, please, Lena, say something. And Lena walks away and is about to go introduce her as the Pulitzer Prize winner, which, you know, very stressful for Kara, I would assume. Um, but I love that scene. I think it was incredible. Melissa was absolutely incredible. Like, she's literally just crying and shaking because, you know, this is no excuse, <laughs> obviously, for Kara hiding her secret from Lena for years. And she, I, th you know, obviously Kara doesn't owe anybody her identity, and but it is valid that Lena is mad and Kara is valid in her reason for keeping her secret, you know? So it's not like a who's right sort of thing. They're both right. <laughs> like, Lena has every right to be hurt, but Kara has every, had every right to keep her secret. But the thing is, and again, this is not an excuse for Kara, but it's kind of an explanation. All of her trauma, all of her trauma is rooted in people she loves, like, leaving her. Losing the people she loves is every single thing that has to do with her trauma. Like, that is it. Flat out it. You know, because when she was on Krypton, even before it exploded, she lost her Aunt Astra and her Uncle Nan because her mom, you know, like, well, you know, she found out some stuff later, but her mom sent her aunt and her uncle to prison. So she lost her aunt and her uncle. Then her whole entire world exploded. Then she was lost in the Phantom Zone. And by the time she got to Earth, like her cousin was already grown up. So she kind of lost her cousin as well because he was already a grown man. He didn't know anything about her really. You know, because when you're that young, you don't really have any memories like that. And so she lost her cousin. And then she lost her adoptive dad. Then she lost... Um, I don't know. She just keeps losing people. Oh, she lost her aunt again. She lost Astra again because Alex killed her. Oh, my God. And then um, and that's why, you know, people get really mad about in season three how much of uh, how much she like moped and was like about Monel. But the thing is that, again, it was like Kara's trauma is, is rooted in losing people. She even said it herself, like, she put him on this pedestal because she lost him, because he had to go away. You know, she lost Monel, and that was kind of like the last straw. She just snapped. She she couldn't handle losing another person, and that's why I think she didn't tell Lena. She was like, I can't lose you. I cannot lose another person. I literally cannot stand to lose another person, because you all saw what happened when I lost Monel. And that's why I think it's going to really be terrible when Lena finally, because we have a whole nother reveal that still has to happen where Lena reveals that Lex told her and that she's kind of been playing a double agent at this moment. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's my, 
rant, I guess, about Kara. I love Kara so much. She's just my favorite character of all time. Um, um, but yeah, so, and then, but the thing is, again, with Lena, like, she's totally valid in all of her feelings as well, because all of her trauma is rooted in betrayal. All of her trauma is rooted in people treating her badly, and her mom, and her dad, and Lex, and everything, like, you know, even just, uh, everything. <laughs> Poor Lena, like, you know, everybody betrays her, like, so, 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 so many times. Eve, like, Eve betrayed her as well. Oh my god. Um, and so all of her trauma is rooted in this betrayal, and so for Kara to, to do that, and for it to be revealed in the way that it was, she kind of equates Kara now on the same level as Lex, or as Lillian, or as Eve, um, you know, so I, th- I think it's very interesting, like, to, to kind of dissect their trauma, because it was, it, you know, it's, it's very upsetting to both of them, what they've had to go through together, um, and just like a quick mention, I, I'm gonna get to a little bit more of Kara's, Kara's scenes, but, um, all of these super court moments from this episode were literally incredible. Like I, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like a crackhead and I, I've kept, I think I've kept this, this review mostly unbiased, um, so far. So we're going to put on our super court tinfoil hats for a moment. This was the most romantically coded episode of Supergirl I have ever seen. Like, cause you had all of your duos. You had Brainy and Nia Alex and Kelly, and then you had Kara and Lena, and there was that shot before Kara went up to tell her she was Supergirl. Literally, Romeo and Juliet, like, Lena up on the balcony, Kara looks up, and then she, like, kind of panics, and then she goes to meet her. Like, are you kidding? Like, that was so romantic. Like, it was unbelievable. So, I just think everything about this episode for them was very, very romantically coded, um, especially uh, Kara or Lena's speech for Kara, uh, she was like, you know, you'll always be my best friend, and that was just so sweet. I was lulled into, I was so surprised. I was like, are you kidding? Like, literally, you should have heard me screaming at the TV, like, are you kidding? She's totally cool with it, but I knew that something was up, because I'm like, this cannot be how how it really is, and of course, you know, we got that moment at the end where Lena's like, well, she trusts me, so now I'm gonna get her. Um, uh, but I honestly believe that Lena just, like, playing it cool and, you know, hanging out with Kara like she used to do, honestly, that's gonna make her kind of, like, fall back in with Kara. Not, you know, not, like, in love or whatever, but, you know, if you want to say that, but even just, like, as a friend, like, she's gonna be like, well, damn, I miss this. I miss hanging out with Kara. I miss my best friend. And that's why I think it's probably going to make it hard for this AI to, like, take over, or maybe there'll be kind of, like, a split personality within Lena, where she's, when she's with Kara, she's actually very happy, and she's starting to forgive her, but then this, like, AI and this VR, like, starts to corrupt her, and so she kind of has these two attitudes about her, and they're both, like, tugging on her soul, and so Kara is obviously going to try and fight for her soul. Um, And then... Um, yeah, so then we had the moment with the Superwatch, which I mentioned before. That was such a good moment. I've, that was what fanfic dreams are made of, honestly. Oh, and then Lena was literally the first person to see Kara in her new suit. She's like, well, I guess that's your cue, Supergirl. And that was, again, like, every fanfic has that line in it. Like, any fanfic is like, well, Supergirl, 
it's up to you now (laughs) or you know like Lena saying something like that um and then uh when Kara was like pants and Lena was like literally just like smiled at her oh it was so good it was so good I was so I was so happy I was so happy and then they had to crush my dreams but that's okay (laughs) um uh, and then just some quick little ending things um I loved that uh Kara when they were all fighting this final battle oh first of all Alex had this really funny line she's like how do you guys get changed so fast because Brainy was there Nia was there Jean just fought in his suit but James was there he was guardian hello guardian like nice to see ya um everybody was all changed in their suit and Alex was like how do you guys get changed so fast (laughs) it was so funny um but uh uh they open up uh, uh midnight open up opens up this black hole um who midnight was sent by jean or excuse me jean's brother to attack jean because jean was the one that threw her into the phantom zone um she was definitely an episodic villain <laughs> that's for sure um she was fine she was good i mean she was good like episodic villain but you know anyway um so she opens up this black hole in the ceiling and Kara's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Can I solar flare inside of it and, and kill it? And Brainy's like, well, no, because you would die. <laughs> and Kara's like, well, okay. And so then they like come up with this plan and, and Jean gets sucked into this black hole. So Alex shoots Midnight back into the, the portal or whatever. It was either Brainy or Alex, I can't remember. Um, but then Kara's like well we can't just leave Jean in this black hole and Brainy's like well you know the odds say that you know there's only like a two percent chance that you'll come back and Kara's like well you know you cannot just do something because the odds say that that you're gonna screw up like you you have to just try like no matter the odds and she like they could have just done the Han Solo thing and said don't tell me the odds but you know that's fine (laughs) so she goes into the black hole and saves Jean it was such a good moment because again classic Supergirl moment she's sacrificing herself for her friends um which I love I love to see I mean I don't love to see Kara just like try to kill herself all the time but I definitely love um I love seeing uh Kara you know be the selfless hero that that we know her as um so that was awesome. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and one more thing is, like, that line of, like, don't tell me the odds or whatever, um, that very much was, like, you know, she was, like, well, you know what? The odds were Lena was gonna hate me, and she doesn't, so I could do anything. Like, it was amazing. Um, some other quick highlights are, they had the Supergirl and Superman Lost Children of Krypton Museum, which was really cool. I want to go there. If the CW ever did a pop-up of that, I would absolutely go. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, just like good. It was a good episode. Oh, and then Eve at the end, she got kidnapped. I have a feeling she got kidnapped by Lena. Because <laughs> I think in the new trailer, it was the audio of, I need to know why you betrayed me, which again, Lena would, since Lena is playing the long game, she would never say that to Kara. She would never be like, I need to know why you betrayed me, unless it was in VR, but I don't, I don't know. I just have a feeling that she's saying that to Eve, and maybe we'll finally, you know, start to get an inkling of this pregnancy storyline, maybe, if it happens, um, you know, get an insight into Leviathan, because there was no mention of Leviathan in this episode, but just that little quick Eve, she was coming out of the diner, and it, 
it looked it seriously looked like the same exact like uniform that Livewire wore when she when she worked at the diner and I'm like do all ex-cons just work at this diner in National City this is just the con diner <laughs> or the ex-villain diner I guess um I miss Livewire she was on a poster in that in that exhibit I miss her so much oh my god um but anyway yeah so I honestly I love this episode I thought it was a really really great uh premiere I thought it it was like you know it was topical without being too preachy because sometimes last season they got a bit too preachy and people were like come on this is too much um so I thought it was really good I thought it was topical like that I thought the writing was incredible I thought the acting was amazing obviously kudos to Melissa I think she deserves some kind of award for that give her an Emmy CW submit her for an Emmy next year that was amazing it was so good like I'm not trying to, like, you know, say that just because I'm a fan of this show, but it was genuinely a very, very good performance. Like, she was trembling, she was crying. It was it was really good. And s- same thing with Katie, having to act opposite of that, having to try to remain stoic and have just, you know, your eyes just fill with tears, but then not actually let them fall. Like, that was amazing. That was, it was so good. Um, honestly, just, it was a really good episode all around. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, definitely would give it like a nine out of 10 for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I just loved it. I, let me know if you loved it. Did you love the episode? Um, hopefully you did, you know, let me know, uh, your theories, your thoughts, your comments, you know, you can tweet me at televised pod. Let me know what you think. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, just leave a comment. I reply and read to every single one of these comments because I really really enjoy interacting with all of you because that's why I made this I just wanted to like share my opinions and hear other people's opinions about the show so I'm really excited I, I think season five is going to be really really good I'm really excited so be sure to like subscribe you know rate on iTunes you know whatever you do um, and I will see you next week for the new episode of Supergirl I'll see you then bye